0: In Scotland, when friends get together, they blether. When these three friends happen to be Scottish Blue Badge tourist guides, you can be sure that the country that they're so passionate about will be right at the heart of their discussions. Be it contemporary or historical, culinary or cultural, reminiscence or anecdote, from accommodation to zoos, The chat will range right across the entire alphabet of topics and issues that are live and happening in Scotland right now. We hope that you'll join us. There's nothing to beat a recht good blether. And you could also join in our blethers on social media. You can find us as at Scottish Blethers on both Facebook and Instagram. We post additional content during the week that supports the podcast episode.
1: We love making the podcasts and would love it if you could share them with your friends and leave a review on the platform of your choice.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Scottish Blethers. I'm Liz Lister. And I'm
1: Helen Houston.
0: And we're both golden girls because we're into our 50s, heading as fast as a speeding bullet for our 100s. You know, we'll get there before we know it. Yes,
1: and that's episodes, not birthdays, girls. (laughs) Although it does feel like that and we probably are closer to
0: 100s. (laughs) But we're still doing well and all this is keeping us young. How are you doing this week,
1: Helen? Doing very well. It's quite nice to have a, a kind of a quiet day. It's been very busy with grandchildren over the week, but it's been nice being out and about. The weather is very dreech today here in Salon. No, it's quite
0: it's quite bright up here in the Highlands, but there's definitely a touch of frost in the air. And at night, as
1: we would say in Scotland, the nights are fair drawn in. Oh, they are. I'm finding that putting the lights on about 7, 7.30 now is very early.
0: It is, and uh, you take it ill out after having the long nights of summer. So we're definitely on our way to autumn or fall, but we're reflecting back. We haven't left the summer theme yet, and we're reflecting back on some of the big festivals that take place during the summer. Each of the little towns and villages has some way of celebrating, bringing a bit of cheer, marking something, and those are called galas, gala days. Have
1: you been to a gala day, Helen? I haven't been, I've, I haven't actually physically been to a gala day, but I've, I've driven through the villages where the gala week is on and it's so obvious from all the decorations that are out. It's, it's, it's a lovely time and the feeling in the air of excitement. Well, it's
0: obvious that you came to the village of Salon after your children were grown up because Salon, the little village that we both live in in Fife, does have a Gala Day, although these Gala are constantly in fear of dying out because they can't get people to come on to the organising committee.
1: Yes, and if we go back to the origins of the Gala I think the origins are now getting so far into the past that people are not remembering them they were first of all set in place to kind of celebrate events that were improving the workers' rights, whether it be getting better pay or getting eight-hour days. That was the big things in some of the big, heavy industries that Scotland had.
0: Yeah, the, the origins of the name Gala are kind of lost in history. I mean, there's different theories as to how it got its name. One is that it comes from the French galère, which means to amuse oneself, to rejoice. But the other one that a lot of people believe in Scotland is that the word comes from gallows day, the gallows.
1: Yes, yes, and I think that that was the big entertainment in days gone by, watching the macabre scene of people being hanged at the gallows.
0: Yeah, in the days when there was little others events to amuse yourself, there could be thirty, forty thousand 40,000 people turned out to a good hanging. And of course, alongside it, you had stalls, you had buskers. So it was a day of festivity. Seems very grim to think of it now. Oh,
1: yes. And I think one of the most interesting gala origins is the one in Paisley, which a traditional holiday for the workers in Paisley, the small shot day. And that was in honour of, of the workers' victory. The small shot is celebrated to Mark when the weavers got paid for the small shot. And that, the small shot, is the thread that bound the weft and the waft threads the famous shawls. You know the Paisley shawls with that lovely teardrop pattern? Yes. Uh, and because the small shot was not seen on the garment, would you believe the factory owners believed that the workers should not be paid? Yeah. So the victory was that... They got paid for it, and that was the beginning of the Paisley Gala days. I suppose when
0: you think about it, workers during the the 18th and 19th century industrialisation, conditions were grim, and so anything that was a way of celebrating having a day of holiday, a day of celebration was to be welcomed and across parts of Scotland up in the Highlands you've got the Highland Games, down in the borders you've got the riding of the marches. The galas were largely limited to the central belt of Scotland where the workers The miners, the fishermen, as you say, the weavers, Helen and Paisley, they were granted this one day. In many cases, it started as a sports day or celebrating the birthday of the landowner or mill owner. But it was a day of celebration. In other places, it came out of what was called the feeing fair, where farm workers would go along to a big local fair out in rural areas. And that's where they would get their employment for the season.
1: Yes, I remember going to see a a fantastic play called The Bondagers, and that was all about the hiring sphere down in the borders. And the bondagers were those who effectively were were bought and put into bondage for a year with the farmers. They, They were hired by the farmers for a year and paid for that year. Yeah. Fantastic play.
0: Yeah, we forget that there was slavery in Scotland. You've talked about bondage with the farm workers, but also the miners, they were tenants. And if they fell foul of the pit owner, then they could be evicted, lose their job, lose their home, absolutely destitute. So,
1: you know, there's good reason why they needed one day of cheer. Yes, and and all the little mining villages had their own gala days. And eventually these were all brought into into one or one big event in 1953 for the mine workers, Gala Days, where over 100,000 people marched through Edinburgh to celebrate their Gala Day.
0: Yeah, and it was kind of political as well. You can imagine in the one that took place, that largest one, it was in Holyrood Park in Edinburgh, and they had a neuron Bevan come to address them. You know, this was the the origins of socialism. So very strong, rousing statements and speeches going on um, along political grounds in
1: terms of the, the rights of the workers. And of course, Nye Bevan was the man who introduced the National Health Service. So it all kind of ties together. Yeah, political
0: activism. And so when we look back to how these gala, these modern day gala days originated, um, it's not surprising to think that a lot of it was associated with the work in the community. Like in Sellerdike in Fife, it was the herring queen
1: because of the fishing industry. Yes, I'm not sure if I'd like to be crowned the Herring Queen, though, <laughs> <laughs> A bit fishy. <laughs> A bit fishy,
0: as long, yes. as, as long as it's got nothing to do with holding the fish or nobody would be going oh, near you for months and months after right. it. <laughs> that's right. The majority now that we have in central Scotland tend the, the big ones, tend to be around the, the mining communities. And, you know, that the when they started, the pit ponies would come up from the pits, it would be one of the few times that they would ever see daylight. So pony
1: rides are still an important part of of Galades. Yes, uh, no longer the pit ponies, obviously now, but these little sh- nice to see the little Shetland ponies out, or or slightly slightly larger ponies out, and the children just getting a chance to be near these these animals and pet them because it is a big event. My big experience of gala days, as I said at the beginning, I didn't have, we didn't have gala days uh, as such, but when I did come to Fife for the first time, that was over 30 years ago, I was going to the hairdressers and I had to cross the high street and unbeknown to me, it was the Saturday of the gala parade and I could not get across the high street to my hairdresser. So I missed the appointment it took me half an hour before I could safely cross the high street because of the floats the bands the parades of people all dressed up it was a quite an eye opener for me i have to say It is. It's a big event in the
0: social calendar. I was spent part of my childhood in Kinghorn, which is on the east coast of Fife. So it had a gala day. So I actually took part in that. And then coming to Fife um, in my own daughter's school days, and very much a part of the organising committee in in Salon. And there's a whole lot of organisation goes into that day. I mean, people see the one day. Usually, as you say, hell on a Saturday, and you're praying for good weather because that's the only thing that you can't control is the gala committee. But uh, you're you're planning it, you're organising it, and most importantly, you're raising funds for
1: it. Yeah, because it's, it it is an expensive event because you know, the children get get lots of things for free, but it's all paid for by this fundraising that goes on in advance of it. In the past, we
0: were talking about the miners. Very often, there would be what were called friendly societies, where workers would put away a few pennies each week because there was no national health service. So, if anybody got sick or ill or lost their job temporarily, then they would be funded through this friendly society, and very often they would fund the gallody.
1: Yes, because that of course was 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 good for their health as well, if you like, just getting this day of rest and excitement and social socializing with everybody because the mining communities were very strong, bonded communities tight tightly knit together, yeah, I think community is at the very heart of it, and
0: I think that's really what, in a way, over recent years has been the threat to Gala Days. because if you consider our own village of Salon in Fife, West Fife, a mining area, the hub, the, the the centre, the nucleus of the village is generations of locals who have lived there, the Wilsons.
1: You know. Oh, absolutely, the Wardlaws. You've know, just all been here. And I remember when I first came to the village, Liz, as I say, I've been here 31 years now, so I'm, I'm still a newcomer, and you know, I was walking down the, the street, walking the dog, and I met this, this old chap. He was going for his paper. He used to meet every day. And um, he said, "You were talking about the village. And he said, how long have you been here? I said, oh, we've just moved in. We've only been here about a couple of years. And he said, oh, he said, I've been here 34 years. I'm still a newcomer. <laughs> so I now know exactly what he feels what he, or what he felt. I'm
0: 36 years and still a newcomer. But Again, what happened, like all of these small villages, is that big estates got built. So if you think of the development of our village, there's probably three or four successive estates have added. And the locals, and you live right in the heart of the village in one of the old cottages, um, the the locals, the third-generation locals, resented this. And so when it came to something like the organising committee for a gala, they didn't want the newcomers on their committee. But at the same time, they needed people who were willing to give of time and effort, and so it was always a kind of there was a tension there when you went on to any committee, and at the golf club as well, which is again one of the heart of the the village. A lot of tensions there between the the
1: long time residents and the newbies coming in. Yeah, and the thing is that, but you do you do need everybody, and a bit like uh, keeping the schools open, you you need these new new people coming into the village to the estates, because it's going back to the galas, it's the children that keep these galas alive and their parents have got to do the hard work to make it happen. So, yes, committees, committees of any description nowadays are very difficult to get people to go on to them. But um, the community is still strong. But as I say, since I've been here, the gala has getting you know, less and less people taking part in the gala. Really, it became a school event almost.
0: Yeah, I think it's a reflection of how strong the community spirit is in the village. Another one that's suffering at the moment because of that is bonfire night. I mean, I know that we've been hit by COVID, as have the galas. but you know, you have to have a willing group of individuals, and in large part, well, it, it, it's both. It's both men and women. The women do the planning; the men do the hard labour.
1: Yes. I remember again that it was a case of on the day of the bonfire, two days before, people would come round to their, their trailers to gather anything that would go onto the bonfire, uh, take it down to the the park at the end of the village. And it was a huge event with you know, food trucks and very well organised fireworks. But nowadays, Liz, I think we've moved up to the golf club now, brought the community, all the community together up there. Yeah, an organised
0: one, health and safety, Helen, makes it a lot.
1: which which actually is much better because you get a much better better fireworks as well don't you
0: yeah and it certainly makes money for the golf club which keeps my (laughs) husband (laughs) keeps the fees (laughs) down but back to the gala as and just thinking about the preparation that goes into it they've tried to to retain as many of the old traditions as possible and one of the the absolute key that the highlights of the, the gala is the coronation, the crowning usually of a queen. Sometimes nowadays it's a king as well, um, or a king instead, but they are usually someone from the late primary years, you know, just before they go up to high school, so they're about ten or eleven in age. And there's various ways that they get selected. Usually it's by people
1: in their class voting for them. Yes, and again going back to it becoming Kind of a school event because that's where the children were, and so, sometimes you—you the primary sevens or it could go into secondary year with the primary sevens being head flower girl, if you like. It really is very much a royal wedding, isn't it? Or oh, sorry, a royal—a royal occasion. Yeah, it varies according to the traditions in each particular
0: village. But uh, what an honour if you are selected to be the the queen, the main principal, whether it's queen, king, whatever. Um, and then all, as you say, Helen, you've got flower girls, you've got fairies, pages heralds, you name it, they, they bring them all out to get as many children as possible involved. And the poor parents, they must have be bursting with pride, but at the same time, heaving a great big sigh of because
1: of the work that's going to be involved. And it's the decoration of the house, because again, a memory of the Galladay's is driving from Salon to Stirling through Coles Notton. When it was coming near the but there was a house that was just decorated from top to bottom with lights and bunting and everything this was the gala queen's house and so her parents had had to do a lot of work to decorate the house
0: yeah in the old days it used to be the whole mining community that they used to cut up old clothes to make bunting and then they didn't have expensive things to make, the, the, the lights and the fancy entertainment. A lot of Disney characters appear these days. But in those days, the men would go out into the forests, the woods in the morning, and they would come back with foliage and flowers like rosebay, willow herb, anything that they could get their hands on. And they would make these great elaborate arches, woodland arches, through which the, the royal characters would, would pass on their
1: way to being crowned. Yes, because the arches were a feature throughout all these gala days, wasn't it? It was just you knew it was a gala if there was this beautiful foliaged arch and the bigger the better. Yeah, because, of course, they used those in
0: history. Any time that there was a pageant, if the king came to town or the queen came to town, then they would have these fancy processional arches embellished with gold and they'd have glass baubles hanging from them. So the mining villagers couldn't afford that, but they did what they could. And there used to be a prize for the best-dressed street, the best-dressed house, as you say, nowadays, it's usually, I mean, the streets will be decorated with bunting, but the actual decoration of the house largely comes down to the principal characters.
1: Yes, and, and and to see the streets strewn with bunting, and you know, sometimes, Liz, I think, to go back to the days where the bunting was cut up, old clothes, etc., rather than the, the bought plastic for paper stuff now, you felt it was a bit more of the heart of the village in the old bunting.
0: Yeah, people got involved in it. Yeah and of course in the old days talking about the pit ponies um the royal ca- the, the the major characters and it would be taken to the coronation in a horse and
1: cart so the cart would be all decorated yes and then that evolved into flat flat bed lorries wasn't it for the floats yeah, which is what you
0: get nowadays. Health and safety again; they have to be chained on, I think, so they don't fall off in a high wind.
1: <laughs> it reminds reminds me of when I used to go out to collect the milk churns with my uncle on the back of the flatbed lorry, as he as he drove round the corners and bounced over the farm roads and the churns were bouncing, we were bouncing, everything was going. Fortunately, my my parents were unaware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kids these days don't know what they're missing.
0: <laughs> but nowadays, the, the floats, I mean, they're so elaborate. In some places, you can have sharks, <laughs> jaws, all the, the rest of it. So the, uh, depending on how much effort and enthusiasm they put into it, some of these gala parades can be
1: exceptional. And of course, they're always led by a band. And the bands, the, the brass bands that the mining communities had were were renowned. They were just fantastic. And uh, do you remember the film Brassed Off, which is about the brass band being at the centre of the mining community? Uh, it's not about a gala day, but it just gives you an impression how important these bands were. Again, part of the community. Mm.
0: Yeah, brass bands, silver bands or or pipe bands, because again, piping a very strong tradition in in, uh, the Lothians and and Fife. So anything that's going to make a noise, make it look um, as if it's got pomp and ceremony and uh, they lead the procession off. And as you say, Helen,
1: these processions could be quite a size. Oh, yes. And of course, not only were the people in the procession uh, very well you know, decorated and dressed, but everybody dressed up. It was the day for your best clothes, for wearing you know, really good clothes, different things. You didn't just go out in your jeans and T-shirt. You went dressed for the gala day and new outfits were bought. Uh-huh
0: yeah and if you couldn't afford a new outfit, the papers were full of outfits that you could buy second hand, and a lot of them were white. You know the main characters were usually in white, and there was a tendency for other people to buy white as well. So you can just imagine after a day of fun and games in the park that these white outfits would be clarty, a good Scottish word that we've had before that they were absolutely
1: filthy. But but here's a a copy of an advert that came that was in the papers in the early 20th century. I wonder how it would go down just now. Filled with advertisements for children's clothing around the time of the Gala Day, including pretty dresses and hats for girls and nice suits and caps for boys. <laughs>
0: Can you imagine
1: what some of the girls and boys would think nowadays?
0: I think that uh, they would belong in the fancy dress parade because, of course, nowadays that's a big part of it. Um, you have prizes for the the best um fancy dress outfits.
1: Yes, and and some and nowadays I think sometimes people just go to the local supermarket and get buy the fancy dress outfits. But to see a homemade fancy dress outfit is just fantastic. You know, I remember going to I think it probably was a bit of a gala day down in uh, Stow in the Borders where my two of my grandchildren lived with their parents and there was a fancy dress parade and everybody was in the shop bought except for my grandchildren whose mother is incredibly clever and anna was there as the lion the witch and the wardrobe and i think ian was thomas the tank engine but as in the old days liz it was cardboard boxes and bin bags and everything that made their costumes so uh, they did win prizes which i thought was very good
0: yeah, I mean you're bringing back memories for me because my dad used to take the fancy dress very seriously for Halloween. I can remember on one occasion my brother and I were naughty and big ears. <laughs> and my goodness, I can remember the torture that we went through as we got dressed up as naughty and big ears. So in those days they took things seriously. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And they were you know, it was it was good good fun and you know, I just think the whole spirit of the community to get together wasn't just on the day. It was the making of things leading up to the day. Sewing bees would be formed to help the the mums, you create the costumes and the dresses and the bunting. So there was a lot of community spirit and newcomers could be brought into these sewing bees.
0: Yeah, and in those days there was no no political correctness in terms of competition being wrong. It was all about competition. It was races, races for all age groups. They even had the over sixties. We could have been in there, Helen. I know that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and you won, you you won prizes for the. So you know a lot of these had their origins from the pits in sports days, and this continued. I mean, the the competitions were serious. But nowadays, um, you have the three-legged race. There was one called the the needle and thread I've never come across that before the needle
1: and thread I've not come across that and I can only assume that you had to run to the end thread put put a piece of thread through a needle and then hand it over as the baton and somebody would run up to the other end with it or something but that that could be what that would check the eyesight of the over 60s wouldn't it <laughs> Um, and and um, there
0: was the egg and spoon as well. Again, that would test your your physical mobility, being able to keep the egg on the spoon. I think yeah. we'll maybe we'll maybe scrap this. I think yeah. we'll maybe um, nowadays there's the there used to be one which was the um, the carts from the. From the pits. Nowadays it's evolved into shopping trolleys and prams and whatever, but they get these all dressed up very it's all, often. It's a husband and wife team that are in it. Somebody has to be in the vehicle and the other one pushing it. Yeah, I've just thought of it. Hell, that could be us at the next Gala day. Start thinking about your ideas for the the pram race.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that could be it. Yes. I was just thinking, going back to the egg and the spoon race, Liz, that I'd uh, be no good because I just think I was doing another wee video of Dundee the other day, and the sugly hand was still there yeah. for taking the video. <laughs> the video comes with a warning for seasickness pills to be taken in advance of watching it. Yes, I think we're past our prime. But however,
0: however. And so the other thing, of course, that you ha- you sometimes get at the big gala days are the shows, the amusements, the fun, uh, the acting, you know, all of that. And that was frowned on in Kadonas. Um, still going strong today. They were the big amusement company, the shows, the waltzer and the roundabouts and the dodgems and all of that. But the gala organisers didn't want them because they didn't want them peeling off some of the money. They wanted to be collecting in their little tins for the following year. So there was a lot of argy-argy argument over that as to whether the shows should be allowed in.
1: And there were also, in some cases, it suggested they represented a moral danger to the children. But it, but the parents didn't see it. It was the gala committee, and you're right. It was they were presenting a distraction to the main events, which were, um, as you say, gathering the money and had been paid for by the the committee.
0: So I'm seeing it all now. That's where it went wrong. Corrupted by the waltzer. I used to love the waltzer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's it, Liz. That probably. Oh, that maybe explains a lot, Liz. It does. It does. <laughs> reached the dizzying heights anyway the the whole um, afternoon would uh, the highlight would be the crowning of the the royal character so they would build a stage they would go up and they would have a, a real throne covered in velvet and a crown that was placed on the royal's head and they would be the gala queen or king for the year and then the following year they would hand over the crown as they crowned the
1: next year's gala queen yeah, and it was a very much a coronation event. And uh, it is said that in 1953, which was the year of our present Queen's coronation, which was a huge event, obviously, that in some of these galas on the Saturday, the crowning of the Gala Queen was almost as 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 good as, if not better in the eyes of the community as the royal coronation. Yeah, when you know it, when it's your own daughter, or yeah, it has much more meaning. And of course, it was it was real because the coronation had been watched, if watched at all, by the, the, the new televisions that were in place in 1953, which were about, what, about six inch square or something like that, or 12 inch square, tiny, tiny wee televisions. So to see something in real life in the in the village park would be so much more attractive.
0: Yes, I remember my mum saying that when she was courting courting with my father, um her aunt was winching. That's a good we should keep these words for the end. When she was winching, my father, um that her aunt had got the first of these television sets and had it in her front room. And, of course, all the relations were invited to come and watch the coronation. And you can imagine them all crowding into this little front room or parlour and watching this six-inch screen trying to see the Queen being crowned down at Westminster Abbey. Yeah.
1: Happy events, Liz.
0: <laughs> Happy events. And talking about looking back into the past, you know, on this theme, your know, Gallows days, did it originate from that? I don't know if you know, Helen... But this week in history, on the 2nd of September, well, it's the week past, on the 2nd of September, 1724, there was a very famous hanging, because this was the hanging of Maggie Dixon, half-hang it Maggie. Yes, yes. Now, anybody who's been on our tours or any tour of Scotland and has gone down into uh, Edinburgh, and gone down into the grass market will have heard this gruesome story. But Maggie Dixon was a young girl who took up a job in the Borders as a serving girl. And while she was there, she fell pregnant. She concealed the pregnancy. And when the baby was born, it was born dead. And she left it by the banks of the River Tweed down in the Borders. Well, the baby was found. It was traced back to her. And in those days, infanticide was one of the crimes that was punishable by death. So she was sentenced to be hung at the gallows and the sentence was duly carried out. She went to the gallows in front of a large crowd. She was executed. But in those days, you couldn't bury people within the boundaries of the city, again, because of disease spreading. So she was put into a cart, a rough coffin inside a cart and carried off to be buried outside Musselborough down in East Lothian, an Inveresque graveyard. But it was a hot day and it was a long journey. And while she was on her way, the um, driver of the horse and trap decided that he would take a little break and go into the pub for a swift half, which he did. And when he came out and was driving along, he was going over the bumpy road, It was getting bumped up and down, and all of a sudden, he heard this knocking. What was that? It's coming from inside the coffin! So he stopped abruptly, very very tremulously got out, lifted the lid of the coffin and up sat Maggie Dixon. She wasn't a deed at all. So she was taken back to Edinburgh. She stood trial again. They decided that you couldn't be sentenced to a, the same crime twice. So she went free and went on to have to marry, to have five children and to live a long life until she died of natural causes and from then on, she was known as Half-Hangit Maggie. So one of the stories of old Edinburgh and the hangings, but I'm sure
1: you've got one as well, Helen. Well, I was thinking of, of Burke and Hare. Now, these are names, again, that many people will, will have heard of if they've been to Edinburgh. And, um, Burke and Hare were, they weren't grave robbers. They, they looked for dead bodies because the medical students at this time, this we're talking again in the sort of the sort of early 1800s, the medical students were needing dead bodies to practice their anatomy on or to learn anatomy. So the fresher the body was, the more money it was worth. And so therefore, grave robbing, we couldn't rely on that. It progressed, if that's the right word, to murder. And Birkin here became very adept at murder and taking bodies to the Department of Anatomy. But one day... The students and the professors recognised the young lady that was lying on the anatomy um, table as somebody they they all knew quite well. She was a local prostitute. So Burke and Hare were then caught and Burke was hanged at the lawn market in front of a cheering crowd, a boisterous cheering crowd, it is said, of over 25,000 people. And after he was hanged, his body was donated to medical science a fitting end for the man who had donated in inverted commas many bodies to to medical science here here ran away he he didn't get get hung he he just turned king's evidence and was let off but burke was hanged to this great cheering crowd and as you see Liz, gallows hung on the gallows as perhaps a forerunner to our present gala days.
0: Yep, to end it, to bring it full circle. And some might say he got what was coming to him. <laughs> um, so a lesson for all. So I hope that, um, that has, has given some information, some enjoyment to people. But before we go,
1: word of the week, Helen, what's your word of the week? Well, my word of the week is purvey, P-U-R-V-E-Y, purvey. And that's a lovely Scots word for talking about food. And on Galadies, the children were supplied with a bag probably containing a Scots pie, a tunnock's wafer or something, a carton of juice or a sandwich and some milk. And that was the purvey. And in many Galadies, it was the co-op store that provided the purvey, the picnic.
0: The cooperative, another good Scottish tradition, yeah, but say I remember the quote pervis well. Well, my one of this week, a contentious issue, just like the shows, another contentious issue was whether alcohol should be allowed. So in many of the villages, the pubs were closed until after the gallows proceedings had taken place while in others the procession went from one pub to another the tradition being that they had a wee half in each a wee half is a half pint but when somebody goes out for a drink in Scotland they'll say I'm just going for a wee swally a wee swallow so I'm sure on Galladay's there were
1: many wee swallies being taken. Yeah, and just on that note Liz I remember when my son went to France for a big gala occasion of pipe bands uh, in north of France. He came back. He was only 14 at the time. He came back and said, oh, mum, it was great. There was a Pally de Swally. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning the bar. (laughs) Fantastic.
0: That's a good one to end on, a Pally de Swally. Okay. well, I hope people have enjoyed it. Look forward to seeing you next week, Helen. Yes. Okay, see you Liz. Bye. Bye. And there we have it, the end of another episode of Scottish Blethers. If you'd like to join us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as at Scottish Blethers. And if you'd like to leave a review, please do so on
1: your podcast platform of choice.
0: It's cheery bye from me.
1: Ta-ta the new from me. And if I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the windy from me.
0: Bye. See ya.
1: Bye.